Hey, ghoul friends, it's me, Adrian, or Aiden. Either way, I am still your host, and you are still listening to Susto, the podcast of ooky, spooky, scary stories. Welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. And if this is your first time, welcome. Thank you for joining us. You are more than welcome. Happy spring break. I think it's that season right now. Whatever you are doing for this spring break, I hope you all are safe and having a good time and remembering to hydrate and wear your sunscreen. And yeah, there are not many updates. Just reminders that Susto will be at the True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival and you can get your tickets at truecrimepodcastfestival.com and you can also get your tickets for 15% off using code SUSTO. Again, that's code SUSTO for 15% off of your attendee tickets and via VIP attendee tickets. Again, I will be there. I will have a table. I will be mingling and consorting with the devil like Goody Proctor. But honestly, I, it's going to be a really fun time. I've, I think I've said this before. This is the first in-person event that Susto has signed up to do. It's August 25th through the 27th in Austin, Texas. Again, you can get all the information you need and your tickets for 15% off using code Susto at truecrampodcastfestival.com. Once again, if you have any stories that you would like me to share on the show or any anything for social media. So that can also be a video, photo, audio recording, what have you. Anything spooky and paranormal, send it over to sustopodcast at gmail.com. You can also send it into a DM on the socials. That's at sustopodcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Or you can leave it in a five-star review if you're able to do so on whichever platform you're listening. And also, I would so appreciate it. It would mean the underworld to me if you left a rating and slash or a review wherever you are listening. The algorithm is powerful and Uh, it's everywhere (laughs) and that is one of the easiest and a free way to support the show if you would like to again I would so appreciate it like I said there was only reminders no updates with that being said let's go ahead and jump into today's episode which is about the cenote de la bruja In the heart of the Yucatan Peninsula lies the town of Bacalar, a small and quaint community that boasts a stunning body of water called the Lake of Seven Colors because of its varying, beautiful shades of blue. But beyond its picturesque landscape, there is a dark secret that has been whispered through generations. Legend says that a powerful bruja once lived near one of the cenotes connected to the Lake of Seven Colors, known as the Cenote Negro because of its characteristic dark color. The witch was feared by all who knew of her. She was said to be over 100 years old, and the outside of her home was adorned with dolls. She was known for her mystical powers and her ability to summon the spirits of the dead. It is said that due to urbanization, the witch was to be evicted from her home and pushed out of her land. This, of course, did not sit well with her, and she cursed the land surrounding her home, including the nearby cenote, claiming that anyone who entered the cursed land or cenote would fall ill or even die. From that day on, the cenote became known as la cenote de la bruja. People who dared to approach the cenote would experience strange and terrifying events such as hearing disembodied voices and seeing ghostly apparitions. Some even claimed that the dark waters emitted a foul smell. In recent years, the Bruja's curse is said to live on, 
taking responsibility for crocodile attacks on tourists, and the discovery of a corpse. The Maya people believed that cenotes were sacred places, portals to the underworld where their ancestors resided. They believed that the gods spoke to them through the cenotes, and that the waters had healing powers. They also believed that the cenotes were the entrance to the underworld, where the souls of the dead could pass through to the afterlife. Despite the fear and superstition surrounding the cenote negro, a young archaeologist named Miguel was determined to uncover and exploit the secrets hidden within its depths. Miguel had always been fascinated by Maya culture, and even more so with money. He believed the cenote held the key to understanding their past, and was hoping to leave with priceless artifacts. He heard the legends about the bruja and the curse, but he was a man of science and didn't believe in superstitions. He was determined to prove that there was a scientific explanation for the strange events that occurred around the cenote. Miguel and his team of archaeologists began to explore the cenote, using modern equipment to map out the underground river system. As they dove deeper into the water, they began to experience strange occurrences. Their equipment would malfunction, and they would hear strange noises coming from the darkness. Despite these unsettling events, Miguel and his team continued their exploration, driven by their passion and greed. They discovered that the underground river system was vast and intricate, leading them to an underwater cave where they sought refuge from the strange and dark waters. As they continued their investigation, they stumbled upon a chamber hidden deep within the cave. The walls were adorned with intricate carvings, depicting scenes from Maya mythology. Miguel was ecstatic, knowing that they had made a significant discovery. However, as they began to explore the chamber, they noticed a strange energy emanating from a particular corner. The closer they got to it, the stronger the energy became, until it was almost overwhelming. Suddenly, they were surrounded by a thick mist, and they could hear whispers in a language they didn't understand. Miguel and his team were terrified, but they refused to let their fear overcome them. They knew they were on the brink of discovering something incredible, something valuable and they couldn't let this opportunity slip away. As they pushed through the mist, they came face to face with the figure. It was the Bruja, standing in front of them with her arms outstretched. Miguel could feel the power emanating from her, and he knew now the curse was more real than he could have ever imagined. The Bruja continued to speak to them. They could sense the malice and anger in her voice. She was commanding them to leave the cenote empty-handed and never return, warning them that the curse would follow them if they didn't comply. Miguel refused to back down, even letting his team flee without him. He grew angrier and louder, making demands of the witch to let him continue his exploration. Fury swelled into the witch's eyes and Miguel was almost knocked off his feet as she screamed, so loud that all he could hear was a piercing ring. The next thing Miguel knew, he was being dragged out of the cave and back into the water. He could not see the witch, and felt what he could only imagine was teeth on his forearm. In his final moments, all he felt was regret. He wished he hadn't let his greed blind him against a power he did not understand, and that he never entered the sapphire waters that would be his grave.
Okay, this is a story that I found on TikTok and I'm gonna see if I can post the TikTok with the post about this on social media. But apparently, so the TikTok that I watched was this woman and her group of friends, they went to Bacalar for vacation or to visit or what have you. And they got in a boat, said they could be taken to us like a private area to swim around and just, you know, hang out and vacation, you know, do the vacation thing. Apparently, they found out afterward, like when the boat had picked them up after their expedition, after they were swimming around in the water and just, you know, living their lives, they were at the Cenote Negro, aka the Cenote de la Bruja. And that's when they were hearing all the stories about this place. And so, by the way, this this place, it's a real place. The city of Bacalar and the Lake of Seven Colors are real. The Cenote Negro, Cenote de la Bruja, it, it's a real cenote. I thought this story was really interesting because there is a very real element to it. And the story about the witch is also, it's like a local legend that the locals know. Of course, the story that I just told, it's a made up, you know, story, but it's incorporating that local legend about her. I'm just going to get into it with the links that I have. The first one that I want to talk about is about the crocodiles. There was, or there were a couple of attacks on tourists in the lake. This was about a year ago, actually, this was March of 2022, that there were several crocodile attacks in just like the span of a few days. And uh, so the first paragraph of this page, and this is from the CancunSun.com. Of course, this will be available on the Susto Google Docs. But this says, uh, the presence of crocodiles in the Rivera Maya region is known. In the last few days, these animals have attacked at least two people in the region. Thankfully, none of the incidents have resulted in human casualties. The latest of these attacks came about over the weekend in the Bacalar Lagoon. A family of tourists that arrived to the region from Mexico City decided to spend their Sunday swimming in the lagoon. Uh, It had been about an hour the family had been swimming in the lagoon when one of the tourists claims to have felt a weird sting in his leg. He recalls that at first he thought he was cramping up. At one point though, he did get the sense that there was something in the water. That's when he called out to the rest of the group, alerting them to the presence of something in the water and pleading with them to take his son to shore. Eventually, he also made it to shore and that's where he potentially realized the severity of what happened. That is so fucking scary. I already have a fear of large open bodies of water so hearing about this just re-solidified it in the video that i mentioned earlier and later in this article as well it's mentioned that apparently there's there's no warning about crocodiles in the water so in the video you can see these people's reactions to hearing about you know they were they were in danger (laughs) swimming around in that water thankfully nothing happened to them it's just it's just scary to think about because that is a very real thing continuing about the story of this witch so yeah it's like a local legend and there's two uh, links that i have that are talking about it one of them is poresto.net and the other one is blue venado weddings so there are a lot of pages that are dedicated to just promoting this place as a tourist destination. And it looks beautiful in all of the pictures that I see here. But again, that local legend is really interesting. So just to read from this one page from Poresto, it's an entry called Cenote Negro, the legend of the witch of Bacalar. Well, first it says that it's called Cenote Negro due to its characteristic dark color. Then it continues to say that it's also known as Cenote de la Bruja because of a well-known legend among the locals or the inhabitants of the municipality of Bacalar, in which it is said, 
said that near the cenote lived an old woman over a hundred years old and that her home was adorned with dolls. So that part is part of the, the local story. And of course, that's enough to scare people on, on its own. But apparently what happened is this article says it's translated from Spanish to English. So it says due to urbanization, but I'm thinking they it also could have meant due to like gentrification that this woman was going to be evicted from her home and kicked off of the land so that they could build a school. And that school is still standing to this day. But of course, like I said in the story, that, you know, pissed her off. And so she left a curse on the land surrounding where her home was, which included the Sonote Negro that was part of the Lake of Seven Colors. That essentially is like the core story about this place. There's also, I don't know what it is. I, I need to look up like the significance of repeatedly seeing or hearing about cenotes, but I keep seeing and hearing them. I wanted to see if there's any significance about them. And of course there was, and it's, it's really cool. I mean, I don't know what it means. I haven't seen anything about the significance of seeing them repeatedly, but they do have their own lore around them. And so this is an entry from ancient-origins.net, and it says, Sacred Cenotes, Portals to the Maya Underworld. The ancient Maya who populated the Yucatan Peninsula in the first millennium AD believed that there were three ways for the living to enter Xibalba, the world of the dead, through deep caves, through competition in the Maya ball game, and through the sacred cenote or sinkholes. It was the cenotes that were most important to the ancient Maya religion, for through these underground caverns came life as well as death. This continues uh, the importance of the cenotes. The Yucatan Peninsula has no natural above-ground rivers and few lakes. It does, however, have a massive network of subterranean caves connected by underground streams and rivers. Many of these caverns are believed to have been formed by meteor strikes associated with the massive meteor that contributed to the extinction of the dinosaurs during the Cretaceous-Paleogene extinction event. Say that five times fast. Much of the peninsula is made up of limestone, which over time erodes and causes the ground to collapse into the water-filled cave below. These are sinkholes or cenotes, and it is this source of groundwater that enabled the people of the Yucatan to flourish into the great Maya civilization. So immediately, it's not just like a spiritual or like a mystical significance. These, these cenotes literally sustained life. This continues, why are cenotes sacred to the Maya? And it says, the ancient Maya were not ignorant of the vital significance the cenotes played in their survival. The sinkholes thus became places of worship. Indeed, it has been recently discovered that Chichen Itza, the famous Maya pyramid temple, was built upon a massive cenote. They believed that Kukulkan, the Maya feathered serpent deity, grew up in the underworld cave until finally he became so big that he broke through the surface of the earth with a mighty earthquake and flew to the sun. And again, this is Kukulkan who Tenochtitlan played in Wakanda forever aka Namor, which I think I've mentioned before on the show. So really interesting to see the imagery of that like underwater world and then to read about this connected underwater world because of the cenotes. Just really cool. This continues, To honor Kukulkan, the Maya built the architecturally astounding Pyramid of Kukulkan, and this was called El Castillo by the Spanish conquistadors. The pyramid was built to align with the Maya calendar, a feat that reflects advanced knowledge of mathematics and astrology. Twice a year, the sun shines just right on the temple so that the steps form the shadow of a giant snake. This is Kukulkan, who can be seen over the course of roughly 45 minutes descending from the heavens down the bisecting staircase and into the earth below. There, he will rejoin his brethren in Shivalba. 
That is so cool. I would love to see that one day to see this specific. I mean, I would love to see the pyramids in Mexico at all, but also to see this one specifically and to see that snake shadow would be really, really, really brain altering. So then the rest of this talks more about the spirits of the underworld and the, the pyramid of Kukulkan on the cenote. It's scary to think that that pyramid is built on a cenote because it's limestone. It's naturally it erodes. It says here in the in this article as well that it could cause the pyramid to collapse. It was a little difficult to find the darker, spookier side about the cenote de la bruja because it's it's really heavily marketed from what I saw as a tourist destination. And I'm not saying don't go there. It's dangerous. What I will say is definitely you should do your research, not only so that you know how to behave when you visit somewhere, basically, and so you show respect, but also to, you know, for your own safety. Because while I'm saying it was difficult to find like the scarier parts of this story, it wasn't hard to find this article about the crocodile attack. And again, apparently there was no warning to these people that they could potentially encounter a wild animal in the water. And that's because crocodiles are also land animals. So double scary. They're like, they're like sharks, but also for the land. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Well, thank you once again for listening. Again, this story was really fun because it is a real place where real things have happened and there is like a local lore to it. It's very specific to this area is what I'll say. It's not like La Llorona's or the Dancing with the Devils or the Lechuzas of the world where they happen everywhere. This is very specific to this one location. And so I thought it was interesting and I really wanted to share that. I'm going to try really hard to find that video again. I want to say I sent it to myself and I'll, and I'll post it if I can find it. Please Please send your own scary stories. It could also be a video, audio, photo, what have you, to sustopodcast at gmail.com. You can send it in a DM on the socials. That's at sustopodcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Or you can leave it in a five-star review if you're able to do that wherever you're listening. And once again, shout out to patrons. Thank you all so much for your support. And if you're interested in becoming a patron, you can visit patreon.com slash sustopodcast. Check out the tiers, see if any of those work for you. But for now, once again, thank you to my active patrons. You are Liza, Sadie, Rachel, Alejandra, Luther, April, Mario, Eva, Dee, Victoria, Josette, Sam, Mandy, Julianne, Karen, Lori, Jeannie, Monica, Desiree, Anna, Denise, Ashes, Neresa, Amanda, Rachel, Asukena, and Javier. Thank you all so much. Keep your eyes peeled so that we can plan the next Susto movie night. February was a short month and again, I have a full-time job on top of this and I'm trying to get other things, you know, rolling for Susto. I will select the movie next weekend, the 24th slash 25th. We'll do like a spin the wheel kind of thing. And then we'll do the movie night on either the 31st, which is a Friday or Saturday, April 1st. I'll do a check in either way. And again, the movie nights are a best cool friends Patreon exclusive. So if you want to join the movie, you can do it that way. Either way, Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. And thank you for leaving a review. If you haven't, what are you waiting for? It's literally free 99. I'll talk to you in the next one and uh, wear your floaties in the water. Bye.